Share the Influence podcast. I'm your host, Whitney Eckes, a serial entrepreneur and social media guru that has an infatuation with all things business related. On the show, we bring together brands, creators, and thought leaders to discuss the power of influence. Each episode is jam-packed with learnings, firsthand stories, and conversations from guests that truly have their finger on the pulse. Stay tuned as we dive into the stories and explore the impact they're making by getting under the influence. Welcome back to Under the Influence Podcast. Wow, what a show do I have for you guys today. I have never had someone, A, talk about business trauma, B, talk about a wealth identity, and C, talk about the basics of manifestation with a quote-unquote checklist of what to do and how to do it and how to approach it. This next guest, you guys, we get right into it. We do not waste any time. We just jump into all the things. And let me just introduce this guest to you guys, first and foremost. Kristen Cipriano is a money awakening mentor and 5D business mentor who helps CEOs develop their wealth identity. And she also expands their income and impact. You guys, when I tell you that she dials it down to a science this girl has the method of how to do it. And it was so enlightening on this episode to just hear, hear everything about it. She also specializes in subtle energies of money, manifestation, business, and helps clients and unconscious cycles of sabotage or failure. Again, these are like, these are these basic big things that we all talk about, we all deal with. But one of the things I loved most about this episode is that she goes into such a tangible ideation of how to approach these things. And as you guys know, I'm super kinesthetic. I'm very in my body. I'm very in real time. I need social proof. I need proof of concept. And she breaks it down like no one else I've ever heard. I just am so excited and so excited for her and the offerings. And quite honestly, when I, you know, expected to have her on as a guest, you know, we get quite a few coaches on here. We get quite a few people that, you know, say they can really impact your business. But the way that she spoke to the how-tos and the real tangible advice. I mean, she was throwing out analogies around just, you know, frequency and, you know, your money mindset and these different things that were just so easy to digest. It was just such an awesome episode, especially for those of you guys that are like, kind of like me, where it's like, we're in the process of doing the work. We're in the process of understanding manifestation and where our money mindset is and how we how we move through all these things within our business. She just takes it to the next level and makes it so approachable and so understandable. I just could not say enough. So without further ado, please welcome Kristen to the show. You guys, I have on Miss Kristen Cipriano. I have so many questions for you because I've never had someone on the show that has talked about business trauma. And the reason why I want to go here is because I think that a lot of my really coming, like coming into my own has been around business. And I feel like there have been a lot of traumatic events that have made me the entrepreneur and who, and who I am. But I also think that this idea also applies to a lot of people that are just in their career in general. I think there's a lot of things that happen in the workplace that I want us to get into. But most importantly, is that you help people 
connect this and connect the dots in order for them to really start to come into their own wealth identity. And I think this is incredible because again, I feel like I've done so much mindset work. I've really tried to dive into like my money story, who I am as an entrepreneur, how my you know previous traumatic events or just my own mental journey has led me to where I'm at today. And it just sounds like you are the one that just connects all the dots for the CEOs and for, you know, just the really, really just driven people within their own careers. And so I'm so excited to chat with you today. Thank you. Wow. What an introduction. Yeah. I am really excited to dive into these topics. You know, I was definitely an overachiever for most of my life. And then moving into business was kind of a rude awakening. And that's when a lot of my trauma came up. So, you know, whether you're in your career or you're, hoping to transition into a business, I think these topics are going to help you navigate some of those growing pains that come when you're trying to step into a new level of success. Okay. I love this. So, and I love, and I want to hear all about your story as well, but let's, let's start with the basics. What do you consider business trauma? Yeah. So business trauma can come from a lot of different areas of life. So I'm going to speak to some of the ones that were relevant in my story, and then I'll get a little more broad. Perfect. So for me, I was always an overachiever. I was the kind of person where you told me to get straight A's. I would get straight A's, no problem. You told me to, you know, do 200 volunteer hours to get into college. No problem. Done. Boom. I'm in. Get a corporate job, get the promotions. Boom. Done. Fine. Okay, cool. Right. Like I was naturally very successful Mm -hmm. um, as a person who was quote unquote following the rules. Right. Um, Yeah. And the thing about entrepreneurship or even just ascending in your leadership in the workplace, because when you're stepping into leadership, you're stepping to more of a creative role and more of a role where you're in that visionary space. And there's not as many rules in a leadership role like there is in like a lower role where you're doing kind of like a rote task or supporting a team with a specific task. So anytime you're trying to ascend into more of a creative visionary role, it's like the rule book breaks down and you have to learn how to navigate a new world without knowing what you're doing. And so for me, some of the first things that came up was this intense fear of coloring outside the lines of being creative, of doing something different than what other people expected of me. And a lot of the the trauma that we experience as we ascend in our leadership, both as business owners and as career women, comes from like those childhood negative experiences where our friends ditched us because we were too out there, right? Or maybe we weren't the popular girl and we were always like fighting to prove ourselves to that crowd. Well, we can carry that energy of like fighting to prove ourselves into business, into career, into the people we work with, our bosses and the different team members that we work with. And so we kind of just carry these experiences from childhood, but then also from, you know, generations back because we can actually carry trauma in our DNA up to, I think it's six or seven generations back. That's like Which in is your such DNA. a scary, awful thought that I'm like, yeah. are my, are my, my children, my children are literally going to be getting their, getting my shit in their DNA. Like (laughs) that's awful. That is unless, you know, if if you already have children, well then, you know, they'll go through their own healing process and do their own journey. But if you're, if you're don't have children yet and you're planning to have children, 
you know, working through some of your own stuff can, you know, be beneficial for them and, and their legacy. Yeah. We can carry, you know, generational trauma from like up to six or seven generations back in our DNA. So I've had a lot of, you know, trauma coming up around business and money, power struggles, and like being like the underdog and being like, the one who always had to prove herself in order to succeed. Like I couldn't just succeed because I was good at what I was doing and I knew how to sell my work. I had to prove myself or go the extra mile or burn myself out or self-sacrifice or be the martyr, right? And so I had all these stories and until I traced it back to more of the generational stuff, I thought it was crazy, mm-hmm. right? And I, and I think that's important to recognize. I'm a very intelligent person. I went to NYU. I've never struggled in school or anything like that. I consider myself to be mentally healthy, but some of these generational patterns and some of these trauma patterns showing up in my business made me question my sanity yeah. because they are that powerful and they're unconscious. Mm. I I mean, I feel like, okay, I, I love this because there's so much that's coming up for me personally that I've had to work through within my own business and within my own journey and through my coaches, through my therapy, all these kind of things. But I remember that exact same feeling because I was never quote unquote good at school, but I learned very quickly that I did very well under pressure and that I was very, very good at performance. And especially when there was something on the line. So I became really within my own schooling, I started taking AP courses in my junior and my senior year because I started figuring out that I could do the work to get the A if I had just applied myself. And I was that total kind of like, didn't do well with authority, didn't really have a care or or an understanding in school, but I knew how to apply myself and I knew how to perform. And that was that kind of pressure that I, I was like great at test taking. I was great at all those things. Anyway, long story short, when I got into business, There was also, and I remember thinking this exactly, especially right after school. I remember thinking that there's no grading criteria. There's no lanes of how I can perform my best. And I also remember that there was a lot of things traumatically, especially around relationships and people that I was doing business with that were triggering, that were also triggering past traumatic situations from like my family and my childhood. And that feeling of, I am not good at this. This is really, really triggering me. This is like having some substantial things. Why am I not good at this if I was so good at school or if I was so good at being able to perform under pressure and I now have zero criteria to go off of and I I don't know my boundaries. I don't know what's good and what's not. And it was almost kind of like also to this like morally... It it just challenged your character and like also to like what is right within business and what is successful within business, if that makes sense. Yeah. And it really challenges you to define it for yourself, which for me, and we all have our reasons for why we get into entrepreneurship. But for me, one of the main reasons why I wanted to work for myself was because I I knew I wanted to have a bigger impact in this Mm -hmm. world, first of all. That was one of the the things I noticed about being in corporate, my brief three-year stint in corporate before I transitioned into entrepreneurship. I was in corporate and I just felt like, I always describe it as like, I felt like my soul was being sucked out of my eyeballs <laughs> in that environment. And, you know, it's a really dramatic, you know, way of describing it, but it's how I honestly felt. So I knew that my purpose wasn't there, right? Like I could tell that something in me did not feel lit up by 
that type of career, my purpose wasn't there. Mm-hmm. I got into business, first of all, to have a bigger impact because that's, that was a big part of what I felt like was missing in corporate. I felt like I was selling something I didn't believe in. I felt like I was promoting something that didn't align with my values. And I felt like it was even like doing more harm than good, right? There's tons of companies out there. There's tons of industries out there. And if they're not values aligned, then it can like really affect your ability to succeed in that environment. Because at the end of the day, we're not just humans. We also have a soul, whether you believe it or not. You have intuition. You have these, these nudges and these knowings that show up in your life when you're doing something that is not for your highest good and is not gonna lead to your ultimate happiness. And so I got into business to have this bigger impact. But then what started to happen was I felt like all the attention was like on me and there was all this pressure on me to like make it happen, to like generate the sales, to generate the platform, to generate the impact. And I didn't have a spiritual awareness when I first started my business. So I just put all this pressure on myself to have this massive impact as one human being. God, I'm so relating. Like, I feel like any, any entrepreneur and anyone starting in their business right now, it's gonna be like, yes, preach. Like, this is exactly how I feel. Yeah. And you know, it's, it's kind of crippling because it can bring out those overachiever patterns we developed in childhood or those, even those like hustle mentality patterns that we developed in childhood or in corporate culture. And so I I started to notice I was treating my business like the corporate job that I decided to leave because I felt so unfulfilled by it. And I was forcing myself to work these like long 12 hour days and fill my to-do list to the brim. And, you know, I very much had the experience in corporate that the busier you were, the more important you were, right? Like that's, that's, what I observed being in corporate, whether that's right or wrong. And so I was like carrying that mentality into my business. And then I ended up hating my business as much as I hated my corporate job. And at that point I realized, okay, something is wrong here. This is not just like me, you know, not doing something that's a good fit for me. I actually really care about the impact I want to have in this business. It feels really aligned, but I don't feel good about it. And that's what told me that something deeper was going on and how it started getting into more of the trauma work. Okay. I, yeah, I mean, this is, this is so spot on and so similar to my story. It's almost kind of like weird. It's eerie. So when you work with people, let's now move into where you are currently at. So now you, you have this understanding you've clearly corrected your business. You're clearly doing all the things and you know, you're successful in your own right. How do you take these, these, traumatic business experiences and work with people to correct that wealth identity. And I love that you call it a wealth identity because I think that our story of money is so much deeper into our worth and our value as a human being than we realize. I think that we don't realize how much it actually impacts who we are within our own character. And when, again, when we're on our own journey. So how do you, how do you even begin to walk people through that understanding. Yeah. Well, you, you touched on a couple of things that I know. <laughs> <laughs> so let's start with the the self-worth and the value piece. Cause I think that's, that's something that I definitely didn't realize until I got into this world. Mm-hmm. So what separates Oprah from someone who's doing a YouTube talk show for the first time 
and is at like maybe a hundred subscribers, right? Like what separates Oprah from that person or what separates Taylor Swift from all the Taylor Swift cover bands out there, right? Like we, we start to think about who are the uber successful people in the world, the wealthy people in the world and what makes them different. And our ego likes to come up with a lot of reasons that are not true, right? So reasons like, well, they had more access, they were lucky, they had a connection that led to a certain thing. And some of those things might be true, but ultimately Taylor Swift wouldn't be Taylor Swift if she wasn't fully engaged with what's unique and rare about her. If she wasn't fully aware of her specific rare value, the thing that makes her unlike any other country singer or pop singer, or even folk singer, she's got a lot of different genres she plays with, right? Like if she didn't really lean into what is so specific and unique and rare about her, then she wouldn't have the success she has. And part of the reason why her fan community is so loyal is because she has honed in and centered in on what's rare about her. And that's really what separates someone who is uber successful in their respective field from someone who is average or mediocre is you are willing to spend time, energy, and possibly money identifying and cultivating what is rare about you, your unique talents, your unique personality and essence, and anything that's important to you, your values, right? And so when we think about like, how do we expand our wealth identity? A lot of times we want to look outside of ourselves for solutions. But the first solution I think is coming back to yourself and recognizing what is so specific and rare and unique about you that no one else on planet earth has because they're not you. Oh my God. First off, are you a marketer? Because you literally <laughs> just described personal branding. You guys, if you want to start a personal brand, you just nailed it. And that was one of the best analogies I think I've ever heard. Really? <laughs> yes. The Taylor Swift thing, everyone could get that. And that is, yeah. that was a slam dunk, but, but you're so right. And you're, you're so spot on. And I know I asked like seven questions in one question. I do that typically a lot. Everyone's used to that on the podcast, but kind of going back to the self-worth and to this wealth identity, our ego does, you know, strum up quite a few things that says, you know, I don't have this opportunity. I don't have this chance. And it's, it is a limiting belief because it's almost like a coping mechanism of kind of justifying why we'll never get to that point. So when we look at that self-worth, how do you now take that, take those limiting beliefs, take that, take those feelings within ourselves, ask us to understand what's rare about ourselves and where our worthiness is, and then start to correct how we approach money, how we approach our business, how we approach our job. Yeah. Well, there's a lot of emotions we typically have to unpack with this. <laughs> if I'm being really honest, right? Like, yeah. um, so a little context, I was in an abusive relationship in college and it was a gaslighting codependent relationship. So of all the, the types of experiences that make you feel like you're worthless, an abusive relationship is probably one of the top ones, right? Yeah, yeah. An abusive parent relationship, if that's maybe a listener's experience, you know, any type of experience of codependency or abuse where you were taken advantage of, your boundaries were transgressed, you, or you didn't have boundaries, right? You maybe were brainwashed with gaslighting or some, some sort of experience like that. 
it absolutely tanks your, your sense of self-worth. So for me and for a lot of my clients, I work with a lot of clients who are empathic. They describe themselves as, you know, empathic. Mm-hmm. So big hearted humans, they want to serve the world. They want to be this inspirational force in this crazy planet, right? And then they also struggle with the self-worth piece because of their big heart and some of their life experiences. So a big part of starting to recenter into your worth is navigating all the emotions you may have repressed from those past experiences. So for me, there was a lot of anger and I I used to like never get angry. I used to be like, I don't know why people get angry. Like I was so dissociated from my anger, but there was a lot of anger from the abusive relationship I was in when, when I was 19. There was also a lot of like guilt and shame. Guilt is a really interesting emotion because you wouldn't think if you're the one being abused that you feel guilty, but actually in that situation, when you're in a codependent dynamic, you feel guilty because some part of you wants to save or rescue or fix the other person. Yeah. Right? So even if you're like clearly the one who's the victim in the relationship, you can still carry a lot of like guilt because you think for some reason it's your responsibility to save that person or fix that person. And so I had to navigate releasing a lot of these emotions and also reprogramming the the unhelpful identities and belief systems that I formed from that relationship to start to be able to know my self-worth and actually embody my self-worth. And I want to talk about that difference for a second because it's really important. So the difference between knowing your self-worth is saying, oh, I'm worthy because I am, but underneath in your body, your stomach's lurching or your heart's contracting or like something's freaking out in your body that's saying, but I'm not actually worthy. No, 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 no. I'm saying I'm worthy, but I'm not actually worthy, right? Mm -hmm. So when you're in that situation, there's a deeper underlying issue that is preventing you from embodying your self-worth. When you're embodied in your self-worth, you can say I'm worthy and it resonates in your body. There is no conflict from the neck down, right? Like everything from the neck down is in alignment with that. And when you embody your self-worth, that's when other people can feel it. My God, beautiful. I I like this topic on embodiment because I think that, again, you know, and I talk about this a lot on the podcast. It's kind of similar with like manifestation, right? Like I'm, I'm very, I always talk about this. I'm very kinesthetic. I need physical proof. I'm very in my body. I'm very in this world. And manifestation was always really hard for me because it felt like I was saying these things that were such a far jump from where I wanted to be that it seemed almost physically impossible. And I like this. I like what you're saying about embodiment because that's also very true, right? If we just say things and they're not resonating and you're you're feeling that heart palpitation, you're feeling your stomach drop, you're feeling that this doesn't feel off or on or right it's not going to be fully embodied. Your your body will literally reject it because what's inside is not true to what the words, what what you're saying. So when you work with people through this kind of embodiment, how, how does that look for them? Is it starting small with affirmations? Is it, is it unpacking a lot? I know you talked about unpacking a lot of the emotions, which I'm sure that's a huge component of it. And I mean, God bless therapy and coaching and the people that are able to hold space to have those conversations with you to work through them. But how do you then go to that next level of, of helping your body to absorb this new message and this new frame of thinking? Yeah. So I also do, I'm multimodality as a coach and practitioner. 
So that means I work with a lot of different modalities. And I also do a lot with somatics, somatic healing. So, and what is that? I don't know if I'm familiar with somatics. Yeah. So there's a lot of different organizations and certifications. I've, I've done a lot of them. What I do now is kind of a blend of all of them. But mm-hmm. when we work with somat- the somatic healing aspect, it's going in and through the body to experience deeper healing and embodiment is like how I would describe it. So how this works in a a session with my client, for example, is someone who is deeply disembodied from their self-worth. They're not connected to their self-worth in their body. Part of the process is looking to see where they're projecting their self-worth out to, right? Mm -hmm. So this can feel very physical, and very like somatic. It can be a somatic experience, but you can also do this like mentally or like in your journal. If you're listening, you can follow along. So for me, some of the different areas where I was projecting my self-worth out onto were how much money I was making, right? Like I was connecting more money and I was more worthy, right? Yeah. Yep. Uh, how many likes and followers I was getting on social media, right? So more validation from the external world was helping me feel more worthy, right? So all of my patterning with self-worth was like, oh, whatever the other person or thing thinks about me determines whether or not I'm actually worthy. So I had completely given my power away when it came to my self-worth. And so part of that process for me and for a lot of my clients is redirecting where the unconscious mind is putting the focus for where self-worth actually lives and bringing it back to your own body right? So for me, my self-worth and most people are like this, our self-worth really lives in like our lower belly area. Like when we are embodied in our self-worth, we feel our value deep in our belly. Mm -hmm. It's not out there on the money or out there on the Instagram or TikTok followers, right? It's like right here. It's yours, which means no one can ever take it from you. It doesn't fluctuate. If anything, it increases as you observe it more and more. It is rare and unique to you. It lives inside of you, right? It's not out there and there's no competition, right? So when we start to bring that focus, both on a mind level, but also on a body awareness level back to where self-worth actually lives, then you can say I'm worthy and it resonates in your whole body. Wow. That is, I mean, my God, that is just beautiful. I feel like that's, I don't think I've ever heard it put that way. Let me put it that way. (laughs) And I think that that is so interesting when you talk about, you know, your stomach or you talk about, you know, kind of the belly area, kind of that is in that kind of like your sacral area a little bit. And I love this idea of also too, there's no competing. It is kind of like, I guess I'm, when I'm looking at it, it's like, it's like a fingerprint, right? There's no other fingerprint or it's like a snowflake. There's no other snowflake that looks the same way as another one. Super is an instant wellness beverage brand created by moi. So good, you won't believe it's instant. It's for those seeking convenient energy sans the jitters. That's right. We put good old-fashioned broad-spectrum hemp CBD into our organic Arabica instant coffee. It's probably Arabica, but I call it Arabica because it sounds more fun. Get super and our hemp extract contains all the naturally occurring cannabinoids and turpentines. We include about 20 milligrams of hemp per each stick pack to give you all the fun, calm energy, plus that true entourage effect. 
all the benefits without getting quote unquote high, as all of our products are non-psychoactive. Get Super has been featured in Forbes US Today and was named top startup to watch in 2021 by Yahoo Finance. Also, you guys, Get Super has helped me with my anxiety. It helps me sleep better at night. I've mentioned to you guys my whole mental health journey. And honestly, this company was a just passion and project of love because of what I've gone through and what I've walked through with my own depression and anxiety. I hope that it will help you the same exact way it has helped me. So go ahead and get your 15% off by using the code under the influence 15 at checkout. That's right. Under the influence 15 at checkout. When you work with people kind of in this, in this capacity of like really embodying that and how they're projecting out to everything else, when you start to stop projecting out to everything else and you start to really bring that back inside and really understand that self-worth, what do you see is the breakthrough moment? You know, how do people now take this kind of newfound, I don't want to say it's a tool, but maybe it's a new acceptance. Maybe it's a new, like a new framework for how you're seeing yourself in and of your business or in and of your life, what do you typically see happens next? Yeah. So what happens next is there's usually like a little dance period, right? <laughs> like a happy dance. Like everyone's just like, Oh my God, thank well, God. <laughs> the first time it happens, definitely a happy dance, but then there is like a process of integration, right? So it's not an overnight change. So just speaking again, from my own experience, cause a lot of my clients experience similar things. The first time I like brought my focus back to myself, a little while later, I noticed my husband was more attracted to me, like just randomly, like was, was treating me better. Oh, cause that, cause that's that, that's that energy, right? Like that's yeah. attracting, you're attracting all these things now. And, you know, I received an, a payment in my business and what else happened? Oh, and then here's the dance part. There were little invitations from the universe to go back into the old pattern of projecting my worth onto something outside of me. Right. So, okay. This is interesting. Yeah. And this happens when we elevate ourselves, not even speaking of self-worth alone. Like anytime you choose to grow, the universe is going to invite you with these little like Mm -hmm. evil snacks that you don't want to eat anymore, but they're going to be there. And your body's going to still kind of be in that addictive process of feeding into the old pattern. And so there's this process of witnessing, okay, there's that little poisonous snack that is not causing me any joy or light and it's just causing me suffering. I'm going to choose not to eat it this time. And instead I'm going to focus back on myself, right? So what, what can happen as you bring that awareness back is all of a sudden one of your close friends has this big drama blow up and maybe before you felt overly responsible to like help her through her drama. And yeah. so you can feel that urge, like you're wanting to like go in and fix the situation for her. And then the invitation from the universe is like, do I actually want to go fix her drama? Mm-hmm. Like, is that something I want, let alone what role I used to play? Is that what I want right now? And if the answer is no, then it's the decision to let her have her chaos, let her have her drama, let her solve her own problem for once, yeah. right? Without having to overly rely on you. Yeah. Same thing. Like as a business owner, I notice fluctuations in social media as I center in more on my self-worth. And it's like this little invitation from the universe of like, 
oh, your engagement is down. People are unfollowing. Are you sure what you're saying is that important? Are you sure what you're centering into is that valuable? And the reason why that happens is because we're losing people who are simply of a lower frequency in our life because we're elevating our worth and our frequency, right? So we're losing all these people that maybe we wanted to hold on, hold on to, because we didn't think anything else would be there for us, but we're actually losing all these people to make space for higher frequency clients, higher frequency friends, higher frequency partners, or our partner elevating their frequency with us. Right. Mm -hmm. And so it's, kind of this weird dancing recalibration process that can happen where the old starts to fall away and you have to feel okay about that. You have to keep centering into your truth to make space for the new. That is so interesting because I think that again, that is such a test, right? And again, let's just, let's just put this into like business mode because this is, I've seen this all the time. We have a client drop off. We don't know what they're going to do, what we're going to do the next month. And it's really, really easy for us to fall into a trap of how do we quickly make money? Oh, I'm in a scarcity mindset. How do I fulfill this revenue that I just lost? And a lot of times that brings in this low energy clientele or service offering. And I've noticed this. And it's very interesting that you talk about this because there's also been moments where I've had to go, you know what? I'm not going to freak out. It's we have X amount of time. We are totally fine. We're going to call in someone better. And there's someone better coming in. That's why this person had to leave. And we've signed some of our biggest retainers that way. And it is that shift, but there is that test. And it is very hard because you talk about this kind of like addictive behavior. It's almost like muscle memory for you to not jump back into something. Even like what you're talking with a friend, right? Like boundaries or even with family. Sometimes there's a lot of pressure with people that were with different family circumstances of you, you know, having your values be questioned or your morals be questioned or anything like that. So I absolutely love this because I think that this is so true and it does kind of feel like a test of the universe. And I think a lot of times we question that we kind of question like, well, why am I being tested if I'm trying to go through this up leveling process and I'm trying to do all the work, but I like what you, but I, but you kind of put it in a new perspective of no, that's just lower. That's just low frequency leaving you. So the higher could come in. And I think that's a beautiful way to look at that. Yeah. And it's it's actually kind of exciting when it happens, when you yeah. have this perspective, because you're like, oh, it's working. People are ignoring me and unfollowing me. It's working. <laughs> you know, people are liking my photos, right? Like it's it's kind of a weird like mental trip. But when you do have this, this perspective, and you, the thing is you see this in nature. So anything that you see in nature is also true of us. We are not separate from nature. Yeah. So you'll see the, the period of winter, right? All the leaves fall off. It's very dark and dank for a minute. Thing, the abundance and the beauty that you thought you were going to have is all dead right now. Yeah. And then a time period passes and then we have spring and it's even more beautiful than ever before, right? Mm. Or it feels even more special than it did last year because maybe it was a really hard winter. And so anything we see in nature is true of us. And if we can bring that like higher wisdom and intelligence of the universe into some of these challenging experiences, we can have a little more trust and a little more steadiness in it. Kristen, I I just think you're so brilliant. I love that you have just really, like really have dove deep into 
how this is all really centered around your own personal journey, but also again, like that business trauma. Let's now move into the area of manifestation, because I know that you also talk about this and I feel like this is, you know, we're seeing this kind of like beginning to end journey or this begin, you know, this kind of slope up to the top of the peak. When your clients reach this new awareness and acceptance of what has happened, where they are currently at, the new journey that they're on, how do you then now approach manifestation? Mm. Yeah, well, it's interesting because I'm actually building out my academy right now for this. And Look at that plug. I just set that up so perfect. <laughs> but yes, but let's talk about it. Because I honestly want to hear because I feel like you have such a beautiful flow to talking and discussing with your clients on how to lead them through this process. So let's let's dive into it. It really was not intended to be a plug. It was context. I want you to plug. I need you to plug. This is why this is why you were on the show to help people to serve. This is this is what we need. Everyone needs this. Yes. Okay. So I I was led to this. I, I essentially downloaded. I I have a lot a very strong connection with my spiritual guidance, and I've developed it out of necessity, not because I necessarily was spiritual before. I developed it because through my traumatic experiences, both in life and business, it was like I don't think I have a choice other than to believe in something bigger than me. <laughs> and yeah. so I started to develop this, you know, very strong spiritual connection, and it's gotten really strong in the past couple months as I've been preparing to build out this academy. Mm. And I downloaded this very simplified formula or equation for manifestation that I'll share with the listener here today. Yes. And okay, so first of all, the most important thing is you have to know what you actually want. Mm -hmm. And, you know, people kind of gloss over this because they're like, well, I want this or I want that or I want the Chanel purse or I want the, the BMW, right? But if it's not actually what you want, then spending your time and energy manifesting it is going to be a really painful and frustrating process. Mm -hmm. I'll use business as an example. I've changed directions within the past six months. And part of that process, I realized I was holding on to an old way of coaching my clients that no longer felt values aligned for me. Right. And so I kept trying to make that method work and to sell that method to my audience. Meanwhile, within my body, there was this incongruence. There was this split of like, I don't actually want to do that anymore, right? So I was like holding on to this thing that I didn't actually want. Of course, it's not going to manifest easily. So first things first, actually make sure it's what you want, especially in the area of like business and career. Once you know what you actually want, frequency has to come first. So what is frequency? Let's break it down to the very basic explanation. Frequency is the energy you hold. It's like the flavor of the energy behind your actions, right? So if I came onto this podcast and there was this flavor or energy behind my actions of, I want to manipulate all these people into buying my offer, you would actually feel that from me, right? But because I came on to this podcast with the flavor and the energy of, I want to spread love and light to the listener, you're feeling that from me, right? And same thing with anything else. When you're interacting with your partner, if you have an ulterior motive of manipulating them to do the laundry, and so you're, I don't know, giving them the silent treatment, chances are they're not going to do the laundry and it's going to cause a big fight. And it's going to be so challenging to manifest this outcome of getting your partner to do the laundry versus if you approached it from this place of love and asserting yourself in a healthy way, asserting your boundaries in a healthy way with the partner, then 
the experience would be a lot more positive. Frequency is the energy and the intention behind what you're doing, the flavor of what you're doing. If we come from a negative frequency, when we receive the thing, as you just mentioned, with uh, you know receiving unaligned clients, yeah. it's going to give us back that same exact energy that we were in when we tried to manifest it. God, you are so good at analogies. Again, I've never heard someone describe frequency that way. And that is one of the best ways to, especially again, I am, you know, I told you, I am kinesthetic. I am on the ground. I am here. I need physical proof. That is one of the best ways I've ever heard it described. So please, please continue. So yes. And even in the negative way, we're seeing the same thing. And I think that when we talk about energy, because I talk about it with my team all the time, sometimes when we're in this stressed energy or we talk to a client or something's going on and we're not present, we're not there, we're not arriving, it can feel and send this energy to the client or to whoever that it's 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 distasteful. It's not fun. And that is the exact definition of what this flavor is, right? It's the taste, it's the feel, it's the energy. Oh my God. I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm going to use that. I'm, I'm going to quote you on it and use it all the time now. But, okay. So, so even in our, in, even in the low energy, please continue. Yeah. So let's use sales as an example. And you can also think of this in the terms of dating. Cause they're very, they're very related. Yeah. Sales and dating are like the same thing. 1000%. <laughs> yes. I'm a serial dater. I have come to find out. <laughs> yeah. So If my energy, if the flavor of my energy when I show up to sell my offer is, I need them to buy my offer. I need them to understand my message. I need them to get this because I got to go buy my Chanel purse and I need them to buy my offer, right? Whatever it is. Or I need to pay my rent. If you want to (laughs) bougie. I'm feeling bougie right now. So if that's my energy going into it, then I'm sending out this energy of, of need of like dependency, right? And so the people I'm attracting with that frequency, if they decide to buy, which they probably honestly won't, but if they do decide to buy, they're going to come in with this needy dependency energy that's going to increase my desperation because I'm the energy of desperation as I sell. So whatever I receive, if I do receive at all, is going to return more desperation versus if I'm in an energy of excitement to upliftity when I sell or excitement about this amazing thing that I just learned that is going to change everyone's life because it's that amazing. And I'm like, oh my God, you guys need to know about this, right? Like if I'm in an energy of authentic excitement, authentic service, authentic joy for learning and growth and improving my life, when I sell something, they're going to feel that. And the people I'm going to attract are going to return the frequency of authentic excitement, authentic joy to grow and learn. The same frequency is going to rebound back to me. So we have to start with the energy that we're doing the action in. We have to start there first. And a lot of people do it the opposite. They'll do the action and 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 they'll be like, why isn't it working? And then they'll look at their frequency. But if you start with frequency first, you don't have to deal with that problem of taking a million actions and nothing happening or taking a million actions and getting results that you don't want. So frequency first, next step in the process is asking for spiritual guidance. A lot of people don't talk about this with manifestation. No, I I actually haven't heard this before. So this is amazing. Continue. A lot of people are really scientific about manifestation. But if you think about what a miracle actually is, do you really think it's just science and humanity? Like, don't you think there's maybe 
yeah. like an angel or a spirit guide or a higher self or God up there. Someone's up there helping you, right? Like there's gotta be some, there's gotta be some reason why I manifested this apartment, even though someone else offered more money for this apartment and they gave it to us. Like there's gotta be something going on with that. Right. For example. So asking for spiritual guidance helps you identify what the next aligned action is, but you can't access that guidance. If you're in an energy of desperation, woe is me. The whole world hates me. God hates me. You're not going to get guidance from that energy. So you have to be in a higher frequency state asking for the guidance and then taking the action from that state and the most aligned action from that state. So some things I've, you know, downloaded in those experiences, like for this apartment, as we just talked about, was tell the landlord the personal reason for why you specifically want this apartment. I hadn't thought of that in my human brain. I was like, hey, God, I still really want this apartment. Someone else offered more money. Can you help me out? Oh, my God. (laughs) I received guidance, share the personal reason why you want the apartment. And so then I did that. And literally 30 seconds later, the realtor was like, they're going to give it to you guys. Oh, and like, I, I, this is, I mean, I feel like this too is something where we, when we talk about spiritual guidance, I mean, that's a whole other podcast, right? Like that is a whole other thing. So so, by the way, I know, but I love it because I'm, I'm very in tune with that and I'm very spiritual and I have my beliefs, but when spiritual guidance and then what, and then now what's the next step? Because obviously I think also too, like the spiritual guidance is also saying, speak it into existence say what you want. And that also there's the energy of like announcing your desire too. So what happens out there after in the guidance or after the guidance, after the guidance action, you got to do something with that energy. Cause like, (laughs) so you've elevated your frequency, you've gathered divine wisdom, literally. Now you have to move it into the 3d world, into the physical world. Right? So like you've tapped in to the higher consciousness, the higher powers of the universe, Now you got to move it into action. You know, manifestation is really like moving higher energy into action or lower energy. You can also manifest a bunch of crap in your life, but most of us don't want to do that. Right. And so action is a part of it, but most people do action. Like they'll write their manifestation and then they'll just like start doing actions. They'll like forget about the process of actually bringing a higher intelligence into the process to make it easier. Now, I'm not saying you can't manifest things without bringing God into the equation or your higher self into the equation, but if you want it to feel better and be easier and be more miraculous and fun and spontaneous, it wouldn't hurt to make a friend with a spirit guide or an angel, you know? I... I feel like you just need to have like a checklist for everyone of just like wh- how to, of how to live your life in these tangible ways. Because I feel like that's one of the things that I've noticed too, with a lot of just healers or a lot of coaches or a lot of people that work within this topic of manifestation or helping people to shift their mindset is there's a lot of, well, feel into it, be intentional, be fluid And not all of us operate that way. Not all of us are able to necessarily, you know, just feel into manifestation and whatever feels right, feels right. Like I'm, again, I'm so tactical and I need such a, I need such a handholding process or a step-by-step process because I'm basically, I work based off goals. I work based off the end result. So if you can't give me the step-by-step, so it's very hard for me just to fluidly feel. And I love that you're literally breaking this down for those of us 
that are like, how do I do this? Like, how do I even begin to manifest? And I think that the, everything that you have said from this point on is so spot on. Thank you. It, it's really been my intention. What I'm bringing through in my business now a lot is we get to have more fun and make this process easier because my journey in business and, and in manifestation and even in life to a certain extent was very much like struggle, force and suffering. Mm. And when I decided to pivot my business within the past six months, I just had this come to Jesus moment where I was like, it doesn't have to be this hard. Like it really does not have to be this hard. We have a connection to the spirit world, whether anyone else believes me or not, we do, right? Yes. And so what if I just bring this into my life every single day? And not only that, what if I bring this into my life every single moment? While you were introducing me, I asked my higher self to be here with me. I asked love and light to be transmitted through everything I'm saying, right? When I go to record a training for my course, I ask my spirit team to assist me in making sure it's clear. It makes sense. It's, you know, going to hit the the students that are coming into my world. It's going to hit all the points that they need me to hit, right? Yeah. Manifestation is co-creation. So when we open ourselves up to let the spirit channel through us, we can co-create a product with our future clients. Mm -hmm. And then of course, the universe is going to bring those people to you because you've made it with them in mind. Yeah. Right. Like there's just so much more power when we are willing to give up a little bit of our control and let the the divine intelligence lead us versus when our human ego self wants to, you know, fixate on what we can do in the physical world and, you know, using our knowledge only not relying on a higher knowledge. We're just so much more limited. And again, you can do anything as a human, but it's going to be struggle force and possibly suffering versus if you tap into more divine intelligence, you can do so much more and it's going to be in more flow. Wow. Kristen, I I could not agree more. And I mean, you've taught me so much already just in the last 45 minutes that we've been on this. I want to end this on just such a good and high note. And I want to just thank you so much for coming on. I feel like we could honestly continue to talk for days and days and days, but in effort to wrap this, where can everyone find you? How can they work with you? And you guys, if you have any questions, please reach out to Kristen on IG, on TikTok, visit her website. It shows everything, every breakdown, everything you could possibly need. But Kristen, where can everyone find you? Yes. So uh, Kristen.Cipriano is my Instagram and my TikTok. And then KristenCipriano.com is my website. And then I have a meditation. I'm probably going to update it. So you might get the old version or you might get the updated version, depending on when you listen to this. But if you go to futureselfmeditation.com, just enter your email. I'll send you a manifestation meditation along with journal prompts that assist you in getting clear on what it is you want. And then as far as working with me, you know, I'm launching my academy, Rich Business Academy. There's a mastermind and a VIP upgrade for anyone who wants to reach out to me and learn more about those as well. Wow. Well, I will definitely be looking into all those things. And you guys, we will drop those in the show notes as well. Kristen, thank you so much just for all the love and light that you shared. And thank you for going under the influence with us. Thank you so much for having me, Whitney. 